Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. <laughs> Did that hurt you? Yeah, it hurt me. You can't just start yelling shit. That wasn't a yelling. <laughs> that was louder than your speaking voice. Is it? Yeah. I'll do it again. Happy no, Halloween. No, it's too late. You've already done it. You've already ruined everyone's ears. It's fine. <laughs> we just got back from a wonderful party with the Nashville Murderinos. We got mm-hmm. back. We just know. got back. No, we, we didn't just, just get came back. came through the door. It was Austin's last night. A liar. I am. It was last night, and it was great. Mm-hmm. We had a wonderful time with everyone. We met some great people. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. We love meeting other weird people. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Some people were dressed as murder victims. That was nice. Yes. Some some people, people were dressed as murderers. Uh huh. Had both of them. We had we had a good place. mix. Yeah, some, some people were just funny. Someone was dressed as the Devil's Triangle, right. which was my favorite. There was the Manson family, which I liked because you didn't know who they were. It was very subtle. Yeah. (laughs) But it was awesome. Yes. There were so many good costumes and everyone's so creative. It was wonderful. It was great for a spooky time. Yeah. Also won fourth place. No, third place in the costume contest. It was a four-way tie for third place. Yeah. So, but still, (laughs) I didn't win anything. It's only like. Because I didn't really wear a costume. It's only like. (laughs) half of the people that were in third place there was a lot more people there was, there was probably like 20 people <laughs> there were four of us in third place yeah, so that's not half i did tie with devil's triangle so yeah. i mean <laughs> it's so hot in your closet right now i know it's because mike just took a shower and now the whole place is oh my you know, god i know power through no <laughs> I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. Just imagine you're in hell. This warm, burning fire. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably fall asleep there too. <laughs> when I'm warm, it's my first reaction. It's like, I can't deal with this heat. I need to go to bed. The I devil would through hate it. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, put more coal on the fire. And I'd be like, wow, this is perfect This is for so napping. cozy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a great job For real here. right now, devil, you're so great. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> so today, hopefully this is coming out on or before Halloween. Um, we'll Probably see. on. Yeah, we'll I see. I would think before. This oh, is we'll Sunday. Try. So Wednesday. Wednesday is Halloween. We're going to be talking about the true stories of serial killers that inspired some of the most classic of horror movies. Classics. Classics. Just the creme de la creme of the murder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the top tier. Yes, just... You know, that, yeah, the, the, 
<laughs> I forget who went last time, like I do every time. I don't even know what episode was last. <laughs> it was the, um, oh, it was uh, Cryptids. And we switched off, but I think I, I think went first. You went first because I went last. Yes, because you had three. Yeah, but I did two last. Yes. Yeah. So I think you go first this time. Okay. So I did Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. which I always forget that that was a book. Yeah. Before it was a movie. Yeah, it's weird because it's like, it's called the Red Dragon series, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I thought it was. I mean, maybe. Because it's know. like, there's a lot of them. I don't know. I haven't read them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But so it comes up a lot when I was like researching. Anyway, so first off, I knew that Buffalo Bill was based on Ed Gein and mm-hmm. like a few other people, you know. Yeah, like uh, he's kind of he's a, kind uh, of a, a mix, a conglomeration. Yeah. Or... There's a little bit of like Ted Bundy in there. Like he kind of grabs like, from yeah, a little bit because the whole car thing mm-hmm. and gra- you know pretending he's injured. Exactly. Yeah. So I knew he he was based off real mm-hmm. people, but I didn't know that Hannibal Lecter was based off of real people. Like mm-hmm. I knew in theory he probably was based off like serial killers in general, but I didn't know he was based off a specific person. Apparently, no one knew that. Until 2013, because in 2013, it was the 25th anniversary of the book. Oh. So they put out a new edition. Mm-hmm. And in that edition, Thomas Harris, the author, wrote a foreword all about how he got the inspiration oh, for Hannibal Lecter. Wow. He got the inspiration from an actual doctor in Mexico who was a surgeon. Yeah, his name was Alfredo Bali Trevino. Trevino, yeah. Oh, before you get in, I just want to interject that we were at a festival yesterday and there was a Buffalo Bill sausages on a stick, which is so ironic in this context. <laughs> just saying. Okay, go ahead. Probably <laughs> talking about the other Buffalo Bill. <laughs> the right? other Buffalo, yes. <laughs> um, but it's just funny because, you know, the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> Alfredo Bali Trevino. Mm-hmm. He was convicted of murdering and then chopping up his gay lover. Ooh. Kind of like a, uh, what's his face? The Canadian dude. Luca Magnata. Yeah, he cut up his, they said it was his boyfriend. I don't know if it was his boyfriend and ate it. Oh, I've yeah. never heard of that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Harris met Dr. Trevino in early 1960s at Topo Chico Penitentiary in Nuevo Leon, Mexico. While he was writing a story for a magazine called Argosy. Okay. I was going to ask, was yeah. he in there as an inmate? Or? Yeah, he, it was for a Pulp Fiction. It's a Pulp Fiction magazine. Oh, okay. I've never heard of it. but And he was actually interviewing a different prisoner by the name of Dykes Askew Simmons, who was actually in the mental ward. Mm. And Simmons was sented to death for a triple murder. And while in prison, he bribes, Simmons bribes one of the guards because they're going to like plan this escape, basically. But instead, the guard double crosses him <laughs> and just takes the money. And while Simmons tries to escape, he shoots him in the back. Wait, did he die? No. <gasps> because fucking Dr. Trevino comes in and saves his life. Because he's a doctor. Yeah, because he's a real doctor. <laughs> That's great. And so Harris is like immediately drawn to him. He's like, I got to interview this guy. So he mm-hmm. gets permission and he sits down with Dr. Trevino. One of the things about Dr. Trevino is that no one really knows why he did mm-hmm. what he did. So his boyfriend was called Rangel. I believe that's his last name. Mm-hmm. And um, they knew each other since high school and he actually worked. They worked together. Um, but it doesn't say if he was like a nurse or 
or like were they like high school sweethearts? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And actually, no, not all. Because it, it would have been cute up. if it ended better. Yeah. One account reports that the two men tangled after Rangel told Trevino that he was leaving him. Ooh. Another theory was that Rangel refused to pay back money loaned to him by Trevino. It seems weird That's if you were weird in like you're a, in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. But what is certain is that Trevino killed Rangel. So what happened was this is like when I read it, I was like, oh God. Like Really? Yeah. It's really bad. So here's Ooh. the thing. It's not Okay, I'll just get into it. <laughs> it just gives me the heebie jeebies. So Trevino gives Rangel sedatives, some sort of anesthetic, they said, to sedate him so he falls asleep. And then he injects a drug into Rangel's body so that he stays asleep. Hmm. And then he pulls him into the bathtub and slits his throat. And he bleeds out. And my biggest fear is like... What if you got all that medicine and you still were like kind of aware? awake? Yeah, yeah. there's there are a lot of cases yeah. where people have it's it's very terrifying the thought of it. Ugh. And so then Trevino methodically sliced up his victim, chopping it into little tiny pieces and stuffing the chopped up flesh and bones into boxes. Mm-hmm. What and kind of like Tupperware did it no, say? No, no, I think like like moving boxes. Oh, okay. So because then he drove the boxes out to. A relative's farm and had a farmhand help him bury them. <laughs> the farmhand's like, um, and why are these boxes soggy? Right. Trevino was <laughs> like, they contain medical waste. And it's like, well, why are you burying them? Don't, yeah, isn't no. there places for those to go? But by the next day, the worker saw a suspicious grave and called the authorities. Mm-hmm. So the Mexican police arrive and pretend to be patients of the doctors. That's how they That's like great. get in there. Yeah. yeah. And Trevino was actually accused of offering a bribe to one of the police officers. When he knew it was a police officer? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah like, oh, you know, I can sell my pharmacy and I'll get tons of money and then I'll just give you the money if you don't arrest me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. But it doesn't work, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's arrested. He's tried. And he's sentenced to death for the murder. Ooh. Harris later describes Trevino as a man who had a certain elegance about him. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, like, there was just something you naturally liked about him, even though you knew all the terrible things, which is so Hannibal Lecter. It is. It's like, Because that whole um, movie, you're like, I like him. The charisma, the yeah. kind of well-spokenness you want, about and him. And you want yeah. him to like you. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So even though the doctor lectured the writer on the subject of the nature of torture during their conversation, <laughs> it always felt friendly. Which oh is my so God, weird to be so like. That's so great. Like, it felt like they were talking about, like, the news or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just very casual. And one time when Harris was leaving the prison, a prison guard said, hombre, he will never leave this place. He's insane. However, after serving 20 years in prison, the doctor's sentence was commuted and he was released in 2000. Why? Amazingly, as a free man, he went on to practice as a doctor. Again? (laughs) He opened a medical practice providing medical care to the poor until he died in 2009. Can you imagine that Yelp review of him? As a doctor. He's not as insane as everyone says. It was only $5. (laughs) How's your doctor? I've been looking for a new GP. Well, you know, he once cut up a guy into tiny pieces. As long as you're not his gay lover, he's really (laughs) great. No, you're fine. I mean, he's great. (laughs) So, and then, of course, that's that's him. That's Hannibal. Mm -hmm. Then there's Buffalo... Buffalo? (laughs) Buffalo Bill, who was mostly inspired by Ed Gein. Mm -hmm. So I focused on Ed Gein. And Ed Gein is a serial killer who grew up in Wisconsin... He had a drunk father. His father dies eventually, but, you know, he never loved him. Whatever. Blah, blah, mm. blah. Everyone has a drunk father. And <laughs> he also had, like, this crazy abusive and 
just kind of insane mom. I love his mom is so fucked up. Yeah. I'm not going to say I love his mom, but his she mom is, is fucked up. I don't really yeah. go into details, but she's the one who does like the penis pinching. Mm, that was Henry Lee Lucas's mother. Oh, well, Ed Gein's mom also did penis that. Penis pinched, really? Yeah. I just know she was very um, domineering. She was domineering. And possessive of him. He was, she was always like, um, what's that person it reminds me of? Oh, the mother from Waterboy. Who's <laughs> like never women. seen it. <laughs> Basically, the mom in that movie is always just like to Adam Sandler. She's always like, women are the devil. Oh, you yeah. You can't ever fall in love with women. They'll always hurt you. No one's ever good enough for my baby. Yeah, that's totally what Ed yeah. Gein's mother was but like. But also, yeah. like, to a crazy extreme where it was, like, There was abusive. also, like, a religious element with it, right? Where it's, like, everyone is a whore and... Well, yeah, she was very religious, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like... He wasn't. Yeah, it yeah. didn't seem like she pushed it on him mm-hmm. because he really wasn't. Yeah. Also, he was in love with her. Yes, like, there's really, that. really in love with her. Like the opposite of Ed Kemper, where he, yeah, where he <laughs> murdered his mother. his mother. So on November 16, 1957, Plainfield hardware store owner Brennis Warden disappears. And the police have reason to suspect Gein because Warden's son had told the investigators that Gein was the last person who had been in the store the evening before the disappearance. They said he bought a gallon of antifreeze. Hmm. And a sales slip for the antifreeze was written by Warden the morning he, uh-huh. she, uh, he, she disappeared. Sorry, it's a woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I think I might have called him a man because I was talking about his son, her son. Oh, really? And I think I said him. So her son's basically like, she sold him this antifreeze. I can prove she sold it to mm-hmm. him. So maybe go talk to him kind of thing. Yeah. So the police go to Gein's property and investigate the disappearance, and they discover Warden's decapitated body in their shed, hung upside down by ropes at her wrist with a crossbar at her ankles. Mm. Her torso was dressed out, which is like what you do to a deer uh-huh. to take out all the organs and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. And she had been shot with a twenty-two caliber rifle and mutilated Yeah, crazily. So during the search of the house... They found... My favorite part. Ah. They find four noses, Mm. whole human bones and fragments, nine masks of human skins, bowls made from human skulls, ten female heads with the top sawed off, human skin covering several chair seats, Mary Hoggins' head in a paper bag, Bernice Warden's head in a burlap sack, nine vulvas in a shoebox, skulls (laughs) on his bedpost, Organs in the refrigerator, a pair of lips on a drawstring for the window shade, a belt made from human female nipples, my favorite motherfucking nipple belt, (laughs) yep, and a lampshade made from the skin from a human face. If you guys have the stomach for it, look up the nipple belt. It's my right. favorite so thing. So all of the artifacts were photographed yes. and then everything was destroyed. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> well... They are the photographs are gnarly, gnarly though. Yeah. Oh my oh, god, the, the the chair one. Yes. I was just like, oh, imagine sitting on that and, and then, then being like, it's human skin. And the the vaginas, the vulvas. Uh-huh. One We're of them was painted, painted gold. gold. Yeah, and no one knows why. There's that no one. reason for yeah. it. He was having like yeah. a little arts and crafts. He was just time. like, I wonder what will happen if I do this. I guess. Yeah. So when questioned, Gein told investigators that between 1947 and 1952. He made as many as 40 nocturnal visits to three graveyards to examine recently buried bodies in what he called a daze-like trance. On 30 of these visits, he said he came out of the daze while in the cemetery, buried everything, and left without taking anything or doing anything. He just came out and was like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like they called to him. Yeah. 
Oh, Danny boy, the nips, Speaking the nips are That's what calling. I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on other occasions, though, he would dig up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women he thought resembled his mother. Oh. So his mother dies at some point mm-hmm. in between this time of natural causes. Yeah. And he keeps her. And he takes those bodies home um, where he tans their skin to make things out of because if he doesn't tan them, then they'll rot. Yeah. Human skin, as we've discussed before, does not make good, like, leather. Like, no. it's really not because sturdy. Because it's not, yeah. It's very thin. Exactly. Yeah. Gein admits to robbing nine graves, leading investigators to their location. Mm-hmm. Gein was slight. He was, like, an older man mm-hmm. when he was arrested. So yeah. they're like, he can do this. So they were uncertain that he could do it single-handedly. Mm-hmm. They end up digging up every single grave. Okay. In an evening. And they f- exhume two and find them completely empty. Hmm. So they dig them all up just to make sure, like... So he, he stole the, the whole body. So he yeah. steals the whole bodies. Eventually his mom dies, and shortly after his mother's death, Gein had decided that he needed to be a woman. Mm. And he began to create a woman's suit so he could pretend to be a female in. He would tan the skins of women, and so one of the police officers described it as an insane transvestite ritual. <laughs> just that like, should be a band name. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what? <laughs> Had to throw that in there. So, But Gein denied having sex with the bodies because they smelt too bad. Even Gein was like, that's gross. Yeah. Don't be weird. He has a line. Yeah. He's like, ew. But also there's that kind of, uh, there's that blurred line between wanting to be a woman and then wanting to... To fuck the corpse. Yeah. It didn't seem... It was a sexual act, mm -hmm. but it didn't seem like I'm attracted to these women. I'm going to fuck them. It was like, I want to be them. So I want to be as close to them as possible. Yeah, putting their skin on was what, like, got him Mm -hmm. sexually. Yeah. Whatever. Mary Hogan was a woman who had gone missing in 1954 Mm. when she was leaving a tavern. And nobody knew what happened to her. And they find her head. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is... Awful, because this is 1952. They find her head. Yeah. No, that's, it's the opposite, right? Yes. Yeah, the opposite. Sorry, switch those. So she's, she's been gone for two years. Two years, yeah. I think almost three, I believe. So she's dead, and the other girl's dead, but in the end, he only actually ended up murdering two women. Mm-hmm. Because the rest he, because he the dug rest, up. Yeah. yeah. And he was clinically, in, or, you know, very in, mentally, very mentally Ill. ill. Yes. So he doesn't get the death penalty. He yeah. he pleads insanity, and which is like, like one well, of the rare cases where yeah, it's like, they're yeah, like, well, nipple belt. So <laughs> yeah. probably. And I was trying to look it up, but I kept getting like, I don't know, like the, it just won't tell me flat out. I was trying to see how many women Buffalo Bill kills in the movie. Isn't it like four? I, they only talk about three, I think. Catherine Martin, you're saved because <laughs> <laughs> they find the one with the moth in her mouth. Uh huh. And I think there's two before that, right? There's three. Is there? I think there's one that they don't really talk about. They just well, kind of reference. Yeah, that's a good question. If our listeners know, tell us. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a lot more. So basically, Ed Gein's only killed two. But Yeah, he technically killed two, but then he desecrated a lot right. of corpses. But I know he is also based off of um, Buffalo Bill. Now, I'm not going to remember this name because now I'm not researching. This is just off my head. So everybody just so, cool it. So you're talking about characters that are based on Ed Gein? No, no, no. Well, Ed Gein also, Psycho is also based on yeah, Ed Yeah, Norman Bates. But I was going to say, Buffalo Bill is also inspired by the serial killer who kept the mentally handicapped girl. He had like four girls in his basement 
and he he literally had a hole like that. The one in Philadelphia? Yes. 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 So he's mm-hmm. also based on that, which I was going to get I into. I never remember that guy's name. Yeah, but, that's, but he was that's a crazy up. story. And yeah. all of his victims were black and he was white. Mm-hmm. That I remember. And I remember that he actually put them in a hole and he would spray water on them. And then mm-hmm. the first girl died because he electrocuted her. Yeah, him. she got electrocuted yeah. in the water. We'll have to cover so him that at some part, point. Yeah, that part. So it was all basically different serial killer. Like that whole movie. That's why it's so great because you're like... Oh, this shit's crazy, but it's just it crazy happens. enough that you like it. Yeah. It all works together because it's all based on real life facts. Yeah. And in the case of like Ed Gein and stuff, Buffalo Bill is tamer. Yeah. Like he's not even as out there as right. Ed Gein he's really not making, was. He's not making like nipple belts and no. vaginas. He's just making a woman suit, which is crazy. But like but he's it's not, not making yeah. excess. Mm-hmm. And he's not going out and cutting up corpses and stuff, yeah. even though that's not as bad as murdering. Yeah. In my mind, anyway. Some I mean, no, would it's, argue, but I wouldn't, I, it's still bad. Those people are wrong. It's bad, but it's not <laughs> yeah, nearly it's not as the bad. same. <laughs> yeah. And Buffalo Bill, of course, he goes for those great brute fat women. Yep. Because it has to, you know, he has fit to around. He has exactly. to fit in it. And we don't know what kind of suit he's making. Maybe it has a cape. <laughs> cape would be fun. A cape would be fun. Maybe he wants a coat to go you know with what it. The grossest part. The part that really grosses me out about what? a human body. The fingers. Slipping your oh, hands yeah, into, into like a glove-like thing. What about the face? The face no, seems real weird. Well, I feel like he wouldn't make a face. Yeah, it'd probably just go up to like yeah. his neck. Yeah. yeah. But but it, Ed Gein made face. He did. Yeah. He made masks. Like take like a he Texas like hardened, chainsaw. Yeah, but he like hardened the skin. So it wasn't Jeepers Creepers mm-hmm. level where it was like wet skin yeah. on skin. But, you know, uh, Icelandic people have a tradition. Well, they don't do it anymore. But <laughs> it's called, oh, what's it called? I forget what it's called. They're pants. So, like, I would ask you. I'd be like, hey, when you die, can I make this whatever it's called out of you? And you'd be like, yeah, I give you my blessing. Oh, yeah, like Viking. The Vikings did that. Yeah. They made the pants. Yeah. So, like, when you died, I'd take your skin and I'd make your legs. I would put your legs over my legs. Yeah. And then it would mean I would put a coin in the in like the crotch area, and then it would give me endless money. Is basically what it means. Really? Mm-hmm. But they're magic pants, so then you'd never have to take them off because they're magical. Yeah. So they theoretically just kind of melt into yeah, your yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that happens. Oh, what life. are they called? I really wish I could think of what they're called. Mm. Um, Are you just going to Google magic Icelandic human pants? Yes. <laughs> Icelandic flesh pants. <laughs> Oh, necro pants. It's, oh, that's, that's easy. That's what it translates into. That's necro. Yes, but necro pants. Necro that pants. makes sense. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful necro pants. <laughs> what a great culture. <laughs> they really are the best. So, um, I'm going to talk about the movie The Hills Have Eyes. Ugh, I'm going to leave the room on you, so. <laughs> and the uh, story that inspired it, we don't know if it actually happened or not, unfortunately. Because it was so long ago, but uh, suspend your fucking disbelief for a second, because it's Halloween and I'm go with no, <laughs> no, it's a magical time no, and all things are possible. This this story really creeps me out, though. I hate that movie, The Hills Have yeah. I. I haven't seen it in so long. I was like, should I rewatch it? And then I was like, nah. No, the <laughs> only movies I will not watch: The Hills Have Eyes, mm-hmm. Jeepers Creepers One, Jeepers Creepers Two is terrible. I'll watch it, whatever. <laughs> and The Grudge, I won't. Oh watch yeah. Those. Because mm-hmm. they really scare me. I won't be able to sleep. Really? I won't, yeah. Yeah, well, 
the story behind this is also fucking crazy. Yeah. But I want it to be true so bad. I don't want it to be true. I so want it to be true. Okay, we'll get into it. In 1977, famed horror director Wes Craven released his ninth movie, The Hills Have Eyes. Yay, Wes. The movie centers around a family traveling to California. Three, <laughs> three generations of the Carter family pile into a trailer for the road trip. But when the patriarch of the family decides to take a shortcut through a restricted site in the Nevada desert, their trailer breaks down and the family is preyed upon by a cannibalistic, mutated, and inbred family that resides in the area. Okay, here's the thing now. Mm -hmm. I have to say this. Okay. For one second. (laughs) Do you know the Disney show Good Luck Charlie? Yes. They have a Christmas movie. And in that Christmas movie, they basically do this scene. They, They like... They like parody the hills have eyes. Really? Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> because are they all like in a, they're in going a trail? Yeah, they're yeah. in they're in Nevada, and he's like, "I'm gonna take this shortcut, even mm-hmm. though it says restricted." And he takes it, and they get attacked. But in the end, it's like a laser game. Obviously, it's a Disney movie, yeah, so it's not gonna camp. But be. the whole time, I was like, "They're in an RV." Like it's yeah. the exact same thing. I was like, "What, what the, the fuck? fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, and so everyone go watch Good Luck Charlie, <laughs> that's, the Christmas that's movie. Funny. It's really a good. I can't believe it's, it's a Christmas movie. I too. love that's a really great Christmas movie. Really? Too. I watch that Christmas movie every year. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so good. Well, and in the movie, it's kind of like I don't know if they ever outright say it, but it's implied that this family, like they're all mutated because it was the area was used for nuclear uh-huh. testing and all that. It's in the seventies, so they say it's it. after <laughs> yeah. It's all like in they the do, sand yeah. and weird shit like that. They're yeah, all like, it's all they all inbreed and stuff. You know, it's great. So maybe read posted signs. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> especially you would think if you're, tra- if you're traveling alone, that's one thing. It's like make your own crazy decisions, mm-hmm. but let's not put the whole family in danger here, buddy. Yeah, and doesn't the guy at the gas station is like, like, don't go no. that way. Like, don't do He's it. He's like, I think he says something like, you'll be fine if you just stay on the road yeah. or like you stay on the highway. If horror movies have taught us anything, it's listen to the old gas station. Guy. The old gas station guy is your only friend. Yes. That or the weird janitor at a summer camp. They're <laughs> the only ones yes. who know what's happening. They tell you to go back. You go turn back. around immediately. You're not going to want to trust them because they're creepy. They're creepy. I'll give you they're that. They're creepy because they know how to live in a do. horrible situation. And they're trying to scare you into obeying. Yeah. <laughs> so the concept of mutated and primal groups that feed on innocent people terrified viewers. But few American audiences realized that the story was based on purportedly real events. Not real. (laughs) (laughs) A man named Alexander Bean, known as Sawney Bean, was born during the 16th century in, I'm going to try to pronounce this, East Lothian, Scotland. Why would you give it that accent? That wasn't an accent. accent. East Lothian. You were like, Lothian? Because I'm like, Lothian? Bean's father was a landscaper by trade. And he was in line to continue his father's business, but Bean quickly found that he disliked such work. Wait, is he Scottish or Irish? He is uh, Scottish. What? Then I have to spit. That's what my grandpa did. For the Scottish? My grandpa's Irish. Well, he was Irish. Now he's a bag of bones. But anytime (laughs) anytime you met someone and they're like, oh, you're Irish? I'm Scottish. He would go, ugh. And then he'd spit on the ground. (laughs) That sounds racist. (laughs) Yeah, he was racist. (laughs) So Bean grew his tastes for violence and depravity throughout his life. And he eventually met a woman who shared his inclinations. Agnes Douglas was known in the village as a heartless and mean woman. 
Her oh, demeanor. But she gets a husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> her demeanor had fueled rumors that Agnes was a witch for some time when she and Bean took up together. The couple left East Lothian and settled into marital bliss in a cave known as Benin Cave near Ayrshire, Scotland. Yeah, those are right. Yeah, I'm sure they're right. Um, <laughs> the cave rested on the coast and was 200 yards deep when the tide permitted. At high tide, the entrance to the cave was completely blocked by water. I don't really understand this cave. I think it's. I think it goes uphill it once you're in it. Because yeah. you would drown. You would drown. Yeah. No, I think it and goes up. There's supposed to be like a thousand people in this cave. A, a thousand little yes. mini sunny beans. Yes. Um... The couple supported themselves through highway robbery and subsequently murder. Because the Beans lived apart I also from society. Myself that way. <laughs> That's, you know, the standard, standard <laughs> occupation. So because they lived apart from society, they would simultaneously conceal the evidence of their crimes and provide food for their growing family by dragging the bodies of their victims to the cave and cooking the meat. Well, Sabrina's Aunt would like that. Yes. We haven't had, what does she call it? Long leg? A long, long pig. pig? That's we haven't what, had long pig in a that's while. That's what it's called in like certain tribal places gotcha. in like South America. Long pig. Well, um, we are just like pigs. Because apparently human flesh tastes pork-like and we're tall. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's pretty, it's a dumb saying, but okay. I mean, it's better than being like, wow, we haven't had human leg yeah, in a while. right. It's like long pig sounds At least better. you're trying to disguise yeah. it. Sonny and Agnes Bean ultimately had eight sons and six daughters, who in turn gave them 18 grandsons and 14 granddaughters. Because the Bean clan was removed from civilization, many of their grandchildren were the product of incest between the children. I would think all of them I would think 100% as well. (laughs) As the family grew from just Sonny and Agnes to a whopping 48 members, the need for increased amounts of food grew. The Bean clan fashioned traps and ambushes on the road near Benin Cave. And I think it's named Benin Cave after because it's like after the beans. You know, I think it got its name after. When the family managed to murder more people than they could immediately consume, they pickled and salted uneaten meat and discarded inedible body parts in the sea where they would wash up on local beaches. Locals would sometimes discover these remains but concluded as the Bean clan wanted them to, that the remains had been left by animals. Well, the large... Really? I would assume <laughs> that the, the people had somehow drowned and washed Yeah, they were just like, ah, animal, I guess. Guess those animals, those sea animals. You know, yeah. <laughs> With a large number of people having fallen into the Beans' clutches, local villagers began noticing the disappearances. While the number of missing people increased and people grew more and more worried, the existence of the Bean clan remained unknown. The Beans were careful as they began ambushing larger groups of travelers. They only attacked under the cover of darkness and stayed confined in the cave during the day. Eventually, after hundreds of unexplained disappearances, villagers accused a local innkeeper of the crimes. He had been the last Such to see... a dick story. It is. <laughs> he had been the last to see several groups that had vanished off of the road after reportedly leaving his inn. With no evidence against him, he was executed. When... Mm. <laughs> You know. He was poor. Uh, when the disappearances continued on, a second innkeeper was arrested and also executed. Still, people continued to go missing. After each new disappearance... You think between, like, innkeepers, they're like, right, you kill an innkeeper, you're like, mm-hmm. great, that's gone. And then, like, slowly by slowly, more people are disappearing, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, it's like, oh, innkeeper. we fucked up. 
guess we'll try this one. I think shit was just so bad during this period in human history that they were just like, whatever. They forgot about it immediately. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> After each new disappearance, the local constable, along with a team of other men, would scour the area in hopes of recovering any trace of the travelers. It was a mystery to them how any attacker could overpower up to six people at a time and leave little more than scraps in the ocean to wash up later. The surf brought in several pieces of jewelry and articles of clothing from the deceased, which confused investigators even more. They had assumed that whoever was behind the kidnappings was motivated by material gain, but with the valuables discarded, the theory ceased. People had believed that thievery was the motivation so completely that they had investigated any person who happened to come up with a sudden increase in wealth. Villagers, unable to explain the strange occurrences away, speculated that bloodthirsty ghosts or even the devil himself was responsible. I like the ghost Yeah, bl- they're just... They're ghosts, but they need blood. But they need blood. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. It's not going to keep them alive. Because you know how thirsty get, ghosts get. Yes, they need that sweet, sweet blood. <laughs> they miss it because they yes. can't feel their own. <laughs> it just goes right through. God damn it, we need more! People stopped traveling the roads near the cave alone out of fear that they would be the next victims of this unknown force. One night in the late 1560s... I mean, why are you traveling alone anyway this is not the time <laughs> no it's not the time alone. nor the place <laughs> um a married couple dared to travel the road past the cave alone idiots they had been coming back to the village from a fair and were riding their horse Ugh. two to a horse they were it riding is. one horse um <laughs> just to be <laughs> <Sexy>. clear <laughs> Um, unbeknownst to the couple, the beans were waiting several family members sprang out and attacked the wife Hacking her to death with several axes and disemboweling her in just seconds. See, I know that you're saying they're using tools, but how I see it is like, <laughs> just, ah, well, like, yeah, like they're holding the little ones by the legs and they've just got big teeth going, ah, 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 <laughs> like in, um, like in a labyrinth. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. No. They're just attacking them like mini lawnmowers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, ah, 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 ah. It's, and it's weird because, so... Some of the stories, they literally ripped her limbs from her right. body and were, like, scurrying off with them. And there was a little four-year-old who was, like, tugging at one Aww, of the limbs. cute. Give him your limb. It's, you it's a little bit cute. How cute. <laughs> I'd give the four-year-old. I'd be like, well, fine. Fine. You, you can, can have, have my it. hand. <laughs> what the Beans did not anticipate was that the husband had been a soldier for the king's army and was an accomplished fighter. Some stories are, like, he was forced to execute someone in battle that was clearly innocent, an innocent bystander, and that's when he left the army. I didn't know you had a choice to leave the army. Yeah, seems weird. But I, I think he was like older day, and had served well, also, a I long guess back time. in that day, you can kind of just buy. Once you leave yeah. the area, they can't really, track they're you. not going to come after you. That's yeah. too much work. <laughs> so he managed to fight them off long enough for a group of fairgoers to arrive on the road. Their presence scared the beans off, as there were too many of them to take on, and they scurried back into the cave. When news of what the travelers had experienced spread, King James VI, I believe, of Scotland, led 400 men and several bloodhounds on a manhunt for the perpetrators. When the cave was discovered, the king's men found a nightmarish scene. The cave was littered with human remains and stolen objects. Severed limbs encrusted in salt were hung from the cave ceiling. The Bean clan themselves were covered in dirt and dried blood from years without bathing. 
You think they'd get some salt water on them? You'd think they would go, but they probably just stayed away from it. (laughs) It burns them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The beans, by all accounts, were arrested without protest. They were put in chains and transported to the Tollbooth Jail in Edinburgh before being taken to Glasgow. No trial was given to the 48 (laughs) killers. What? Glasgow. Glasgow. What is it? Glasgow, yeah. Glasgow, yeah. No, you know, don't pronounce a W. Glasgow. Glasgow? Yeah. No trial was given to the 48 killers. The male members of the family were crudely castrated and dismembered while alive. Which is just like, why castrate them? There's no need there. Just for funsies. You know, the whole town was just real pissed. Me. Because you know they how were I feel stupid. About the death penalty. Yes, I know. But I love castration. Yes. So they should have castrated them and left them alone. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so they actually bled to death. Yeah. And as Sonny Bean was bleeding to death, he uttered his last words, which were reportedly, it isn't over, it'll never be over. Except it sounded much different because he was Scottish and lived in a cave. <laughs> it isn't over. It isn't it's, over. It'll never be over. <laughs> I can't do Scottish. Is that Scottish? I, I have no idea that. what that is. <laughs> the women and children who had been made to watch the men die were burned alive on stakes about 25 years after Sonny and Agnes settled in the cave. So it had been 25 years so of this. So fucked up. Imagine yes. that poor little four-year-old who was like, fingers! Yes. That's all like, they you're know. you're also going to be burned alive. Yeah. yeah it's well, like no one gave them a choice. Yeah, this... all those kids, like, that's all they know, you know? You should at least let them try. Mm-hmm. I mean, four seems like I guess when... you could rehabilitate them. Yeah. They didn't know that, though, I guess. They were probably just like... What they did was so heinous that we just got to kill There's all no of them. There's no fixing you know? them. No. So it was estimated that Sawney Bean's clan killed upwards of a thousand people over the 25 years. Just beyond Glasgow, in the town of Gervon, I think it's Gervan or Jervan. That I've I never know. heard of. Yes. I don't think it would be Jervan. It's a G? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a young woman who had moved to the area years before on her own heard of the executions. She had been the only member of the Bean clan to leave the cave and her family. When locals discovered her origin, they hanged her from the branches of a tree she had lovingly grown during her time in the town. Now, here's a question. Yes. And it doesn't have to do with the murders. Yes. So just side note. Okay. Is it hanged or hung? I don't know. I took this straight from what I was reading. It said hanged. I, I always right. get that. It might be both. I've heard it both ways. I don't know which one is correct. And I'm always like, I get weird about that because yeah. I'm like, which one is it? But also this tree she grew was referred to as the hairy tree. And I don't know why. Mm, maybe it had a lot of moths. It could have. could have been very lovely. The authenticity of the story of the Bean Clan has been largely debated. Many claim the family was entirely fabricated by English propagandists mm. in 1745 to paint the Scottish people as uncivilized barbarians in order to quash the Jacobite Rebellion. I mean, if you ask my grandpa, (laughs) then they're real. (laughs) Some historians also have found the name Sawney to be a derogatory one used to propagate cartoonish stereotypes Mm -hmm. of the Scots. But long before the conflict between England and Scotland, and even before the existence of the Sawney Bean character, another character named Andrew Christie struck fear into the Scottish people. Legend holds that Christie was a butcher in Perth when a famine consumed Scotland in 1340. Having no animals to butcher and therefore no business, Christie joined a group of scavengers. 
Food became so scarce that one member of the group died of starvation. Christy used his skills to butcher the corpse and feed the surviving members of the party. As the group continued to fail to find adequate sources of food, Christy continued to make meat out of those who succumbed. The party became used to eating the flesh of humans and found that their only way to survive was to ambush passing travelers and butcher their horses. The legend states that 30 people died to feed Christie's group. He would drag riders from the saddles of their horses using a long, sharp hook on a pole. When armed forces discovered them, the group was defeated and ceased their murderous activities. Christie, though, escaped and reportedly began life anew under an assumed name in the village of Dumfries and died as a prosperous merchant and husband. And it only came to light afterwards who he had been. Even in light of the doubts about the validity of the Bean Clan, the cave that the cannibalistic family supposedly inhabited is undeniably true, and it's still visited by curious tourists to this day. See, my thing is, though, like, okay, if the king did a bunch of shit... Why wouldn't there mm-hmm. be a record? If I mean, it could just be very exaggerated, I guess. It, it definitely also... could. I think it sprung from something not as huge, but I do think there was something. Like, maybe they found a couple people in a cave who had been killing people and yeah. eating them. And it just grew. That's what one historian was like, I don't think it's true because this king was really narcissistic. And he would have, you know, he would have talked about this right. all the time if he had done it. But also, that king became the king of another country at some point. Uh So he also could have just been like, I want to represent Scotland and I don't want them to know what went on. Yeah, but also wasn't that story first published in the Penny Penny Dreadfuls? I don't know. I think it preceded Penny Dreadfuls, but I think it was first published like 200 years after is said to take place. But also people couldn't fucking write back then. <laughs> I want to believe it. See, I thought you were going to mention the, the the family out in the Midwest, the true one that had the farm, the what's their faces? God damn it. <laughs> Which I believe also they took inspiration for The Hills Have I. Yeah. It was, there's like a family who they don't actually think was a family, but it was... Just like a group of people. Well, it was it was a wife and a father and their two kids. And they had like a, I think it was an apple orchard or something out in the Midwest. Huh. And passerbys would come in and they'd kill them and bury them in the farm. And one of the cases, it was like, eventually they get caught, whatever. They, they start digging up bodies. And at one point they find this father who was buried with his baby. <laughs> and they realize that the only injuries on the baby is a broken arm and they think that they actually buried the child alive. Alive. Oh with my the gosh. Father. That's crazy. And I forget what that family's called. We'll have to research it. But they it had and... like a s- sensational end too because they all, in the end, they all supposedly die. Or no, they all go missing. Oh. And then like years and years later, but they, they think they died off. Yeah. And then years and years later, some guy crashes on a boat or something and, and before he dies, he's like, I'm... Whatever oh, the fuck. Yeah. And then he ends up dying and they're mm-hmm. like, what was he or was he not? Yeah, like there's a question. Yeah. There are a few legends that kind of are sprung from uh, Sawney Bean and, you know, or are, you know, of their own origin. Uh-huh. But it's just fascinating. I love that story because it's like, what? That's so crazy. Oh, the Bloody Benders. 
Oh, the Benders. I've heard. Yes, I've heard John, like a mention of them. John, John Jr., Kate, and Elvira. Ooh, Elvira. I like that. Yeah. Wow. We'll have to fit that we'll, in we'll at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so that is our spooky last October episode Yay, for uh, this month. And we, we get to talk about Christmas for two whole months. <laughs> Rep, you already bought her Christmas tree. Yay, our Christmas our, tree. Oh. We started watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh my God, it's and it's so, so good. good. Yeah. I can't wait to watch all the rest of them. Yes, it's going to be amazing. Also, I'm watching Shit's Creek. <laughs> yeah, we and it's so funny. Someone brought it up at the party last yeah. night, and I was like, it's an amazing show. And now we should we're go on season home. two. And, <laughs> yeah, we watched like four episodes while eating pizza at one in the morning. So. Oh my God, it was so great. We're doing great, guys. <laughs> We're having a great life. We are. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's what we're about right Uh now. We're Hell and High Horror on everything but Twitter. On Twitter, Uh we're Hell High Horror. We're part of the Murderly Network. They're more active on Twitter now. You can follow them at Murderly. I'm Austin Castelli on most things. I'm Reparata Ann on on everything. everything. Yes. We know. Um, Our Patreon is up. I apologize to our Patreon supporters because I still haven't gotten out our last Austin. news episode, but I'm going to get it out this week, I promise. And then Reppy is going to be collecting the stories oh, yes. for this month. So we're changing it up a little and then we'll have that out at the beginning of November mm-hmm. sometime. So lots of exciting stuff, Yay. right? Okay. Happy, happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. And happy uh, hauntings. Um, I was going to do it mm-hmm. in Spanish. What's ah, happy in Spanish? Feliz. Feliz Dios de los Muertos. Aw, wonderful. I hope that was correct. <laughs> yeah. It's correct. Feliz is happy and Dios de los Muertos is Day of the Dead. Happy yes, Day of the Dead. My, uh, my mother's middle name is Felice. Like, wow. like happy. It doesn't fit. It's a misnomer. I anyway. Mean, yeah. <laughs> she's not. No, she's, she's not. She's not. I <laughs> even a little bit, but okay. No. Okay. Bye, everyone. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.